Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, folks? It's your boy Long Beach Joe, and I am back at it, back at it, back at it again. I'm back at it again, man. I'm back at it again. Boy, do we have quite a bit to talk about today. Let me tell you, a lot of things going on. Makai Becton speaking about knee injuries and uh, also saying the Jets uh, made no sense for the Jets to move in the right tackle. We're going to be discussing that. Jets OTA is going on as well. Okay, we're going to be talking about that as well. We have quite a bit to discuss about the roster. So, Listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with you folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. All right? We have a lot of fun. Do a lot of different things. All right? I'm also on Twitter as well, at The Long Beach Joe, at The Long Beach Joe on Twitter. Okay, go ahead and follow me. I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me? You know what it is. I'll troll you right back as well. Okay? Have a blast, man. Also, for those of you that do not know, your boy is live. We live stream the show. Salute to everybody else, all the savages. You want to know why I call my chat the savages? Because they're savage. talk about nobody safe man not even me if they don't like your takes all right if they don't like your takes they will let you know it doesn't matter who you are all right so salute to all the savages out there you know we have a lot of fun live streaming the live streaming the uh the radio show you know a lot of people don't know that until they run into my channel okay and then they go whoa joe you're looking good you look great handsome great takes you know i want to thank y'all for that you know thank you I'm not a guy that's cocky. I'm not arrogant. I'm just a regular dude. You know what I'm saying? Just a regular dude. So, you know, I'm just out here working with what I got. But if you want to come on by, check out the Savages, check out everything that we're doing over here, come on over to YouTube. Type in Long Beach Joe Jets, Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. All right? Subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell so when I post content, you folks will be in the know. Also, give the videos a thumbs up. Give the stream a thumbs up as well. All right. Salute to everybody on Blog Talk Radio as well. Uh, you know, show goes up there too. Blog Talk Radio black, backslash The Long Beach Joe Show. I'm also on iTunes as well. Come on over to iTunes, type in The Long Beach Joe Show on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, and leave me a rating. Five stars, okay? I want to thank everybody that does that. Let me give me some feedback. Let me know what you folks think about what I'm doing here, okay? I always appreciate y'all feedback, all right? Now, we have quite a bit to discuss. Again, we're going to be talking about Makai Becton, things that he had to say. Uh, you know, this past uh, past couple of days ago, you know, he sat down uh, with Bob Glover and had quite a bit to say about his knee injury. He moved to right tackle, discussing all the things that happened this, that last offseason. We're also going to be talking about Quentin Williams, OTAs, you know, Aaron Rodgers, all of it. But before we get there, Everyone knows that I am a big Jets fan, right? It's pretty obvious, isn't it? Right? I run a show. I talk about the football team. You see these two guys right next to me, Sauce, Aaron Rodgers. I love this team through and through. 
But what a lot of people don't know is that I'm not from the East Coast. I'm not. I know that there's a Long Beach on the East Coast. That's, that's not the Long Beach that I'm from. From the Long Beach on the West Coast. From the Long Beach that is in California. Grew up on the West Coast. Loved it. My whole life been there. All right? But often I run into fans all over the place, right, that aren't from California or, or aren't from New York, excuse me, or, or have moved all over the place. Right, And they love this team through and through, and I love connecting with them. There's a lot of fans that are Jets fans that love the team that are not in the area that the Jets are playing in. And so they often congregate, come together, and show their love for the team. And tonight we're going to have okay, a great man, Robert, of the County Jets Fan Club. He's going to come on, and he's going to talk to us about what they're doing and how they gather and show their love for the football team. Robert, I want to thank you for coming on the Long Beach Joe Show tonight. How are you feeling, my friend? Hey, Joe. Uh, thanks for having me on again. I'm doing really well today. Um, I guess this is the the third year um, that I've been on the show with you. And uh, I, needless to say, I would say going into this year, we're a little bit more optimistic than we've been the last few years. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we're going to get into that, Robert. We're going to get into that. But as I was saying before, okay, I love this team. Everyone, you know, once people learn that I'm not from the East Coast, they always ask me why the Jets. You know, I've been through the suffering. I've been through the pain, the anguish. Things are looking up now. But people always say, why the Jets, Joe? Why do you love this team? And I always have to explain to them how I come, how I came to love this team. Can you give us your story? What made you become a fan of the New York Jets, Robert? Well, uh, first and foremost, I'm, I'm from New York City. <laughs> so, so they were uh, one, of, one of two local teams, obviously, uh, growing up. And uh, just like in L.A., uh, we have multiple teams in each sport in the New York City metropolitan area. Um, when I was a kid, the Giants were going through a very, very long dry spell and weren't very good, uh, the Jets and the Mets, for that matter, um, it came, came about in the early 60s, and uh, both teams won championships pretty much early on in their existence, which kind of solidified the fan base. So um, I actually became a Jets fan before they won the Super Bowl. I'm one of the only people in our, our group here in Orange County uh, that actually remembers them winning the Super Bowl because I'm an old dude. <laughs> I was 11 when they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> So, um, Ooh, okay. uh, so yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I gravitated towards them. I, I guess I like the name. I know it sounds kind of silly. I guess I like the name. You know, in my mind, uh, I was a Yankee fan first, that team, and that was the first team I ever heard of. And for some reason, I thought that the American Football League had some kind of connection with the American uh, League in baseball. So that, that was also <laughs> part of it. But, of course, in, uh, in, in 69, when they did win the Super Bowl, uh, I mean, that solidified me for life. And actually, the very next year, uh, the last year that they were in the AFL was the first year that I started going to games. It actually was at the playoff game uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs in uh, December of 1969, which uh, was when they were eliminated. And, of course, that's uh, we've been waiting ever since <laughs> to get back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been, it's been quite a bit. But, again, things are looking up. They are looking up now. Oh, you yeah. talked a little bit about – yeah, you talked a little bit about 
you know, your fan club. You're, you're one of the older guys there. I, I don't like to say older. I like to say seasoned, okay? Seasoned by life. That's what I like to say. Seasoned by okay, life. Okay, that's you're, fine. You're one of the guys that is – that is the most seasoned, you know, by life. One of the guys that is one of the most seasoned by life there, right? But how did your fan club come about? What, what made you want to gather all those Jets fans together and just come together and love the football team the way you folks do? Yeah, I, I actually can't take credit for that, though. The, 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 you know, it was, I would say, back in the late 90s, kind of when the Internet started becoming uh, more popular, um, uh, I hooked up on a website, uh, jetsinsider.com. Uh, shout out to Sean Deegan, uh, who ran that. And he had a, a, um, a list of bars throughout the country that Jet fans uh, could go to. Now, you know, New York is a large metropolitan area, and there are a lot of people from New York that live pretty much anywhere uh, across the country now. Uh, so we kind of started out uh, slowly. I used to go to a bar in Huntington Beach called Out of Bounds, which, oddly enough, is, is still around all these years later. And, yeah, I managed a couple of fans there. And I guess, you know, through the Internet and through the websites and IG and Facebook and everything through the years, we, we kind of got together. I would say about 2010 or so, uh, somebody else came in the group and wanted to kind of organize people to get together and, and go to a certain bar. And, you know, we've kind of done that uh, uh, pretty much, I don't know, for the last 10, 11, maybe even 12 years. Uh, the last few years, I'm saying the last four or five years, uh, we've been over at uh, Dave and Buster's, which is in the city of Orange, and they've been very good to us. Again, we've, we we bounced around. Oddly enough, Joe, um, there was a bar in Long Beach called the Green Dog, and the owner yes, was a big fan. And and yeah, that's mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's kind of where a lot of things kind of started. And then from there, when the Green Dog uh, ended up closing down, uh, we kind of mm-hmm. kind of moved around. But we've been at Dave and Buster's now for a while. Um, uh, Mario, uh, who, who heads the group, does a really good job organizing everything. You know, he's like you. He's not from New York, but 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 he's a Jets fan. And, you know, that's the way the NFL is, uh, more so than any of the other sports. So there are a lot of people that root for a lot of teams in, in a lot of different cities. Yes. Can you give uh, all of my listeners uh, the actual directions as well or, or the actual address to the uh, – Yeah, uh, where you uh, folks well, I, I'm, not sure the, I, I'm not sure if I have the exact address, but it's at the Outlets of Orange. So we're like okay. a snow throw for a stone throw from Angel Stadium. Uh, the Outlets of Orange has, I mean, uh, that literally seems like a thousand stores, and you know, there's more than one type of bar uh, to watch football there. But uh, they've got a very nice facility there. It's very popular on the weekends, obviously, not just for for sports, but you know, for the kids and the games and everything. Uh, so it, mm-hmm. it's pretty. If you just look at, you know, you can just Google it, and you should be able to to get the location uh, fairly easy. Yes, absolutely. Now, again, we're speaking to Robert of the Orange County Jets Fan Club. Now, Robert, there's a lot of things moving and shaking in California. Like you said as well, there's a lot of teams here. I'm often harassed uh, by Raiders fans, Niners fans, sometimes even the bandwagon Chargers fans when they see me, and I'm I'm walking around in my green and white jersey. You know, I'm just representing the team that I love, and I got to hear, you know, you guys are losers and – you know, we've done this and we've done that. Not so much of recent because, again, we've, we've made some improvements. But definitely people will have things to say when they see you in a Jets jersey. Now, for you, what is it like being a Jets fan in your local area right now? Well, you know, as I said, there's a lot of people that are a lot of fans of a lot of different teams. So, you know, unlike uh, 
let's say, uh, baseball where the Dodgers are supreme or in basketball where, you know, almost everyone is a Laker fan. Not everyone, even when they were here, not everyone was a Rams fan and not everyone was a Raiders fan either. So, um, you know, it, you know, we have a decent a decent fan club. As a matter of fact, you know, uh, I, I represent all the time. I was just rocking my uh, my Sauce Gardner jersey just the other night. You know, so I was walking mm-hmm. around with that. And people, yeah, people sometimes say something. I, if I, every once in a while, I'll run into somebody that has a, a Jets hat on or something. I always make a comment. Uh, but yeah. you know, it, it, there's so many people that root for so many different teams now. It's it's not just one. It's one team. And now it's the Jets. You know, uh, obviously ascending. Uh, and getting better, uh, you know that bandwagon may open up a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> now, Robert, we've talked to you quite a bit about the fan club and everything that you folks are doing there in Orange County. And that's wonderful. But I want to talk to you a bit about this team. All right, yep. As you talked about, there's a lot of things. Things are looking up for us. And I think one of the biggest acquisitions that we've had in a long time Right, one of the biggest, the biggest acquisition that we've gotten this free agency or this off season was Aaron Rodgers being able to complete the trade and make him a New York Jet. Right, not only that, but him wanting to come here, him wanting to quarterback this team, him wanting to change this franchise, you know, and really move us up in trajectory has been huge as well. What are your thoughts on seeing Aaron Rodgers in a Jets jersey? How are you feeling about Aaron Rodgers being a Jet? Well, I feel pretty good about it, but I'll I'll, I'll reiterate the uh, the back page of the New York Post that said "Pack to the Future," meaning here we are, here we go again. It was not that long ago that uh, <laughs> the, the Brett Favre situation went down, but uh, you know, yeah. back at the end of the year when the when the when the rumors started rumbling about this, I mean, I was all in. I, I've watched Aaron Rodgers obviously from from Cal uh, to to his time with the the Green Bay Packers, and you know, even though he doesn't have the the same resume as Tom Brady or, or other uh, quarterbacks that have won multiple Super Bowls. It, he always, to me, passed the eye test. He always looked like one of the best quarterbacks you'd ever see. His, his, yeah. his footwork is good. His arm strength is undeniable. And he seems to know the game pretty well. The experience that he is taking into that locker room, other than just the skill level he's going to bring, that's going to be immeasurable. Um, Already reading today uh, at the OTAs, uh, he he likes to cross the you know he likes to cross his T's, dot his eyes. He is little things go wrong, he stops and wants to make sure it's corrected, and they do it right. So uh, it, it's just a big one. It's almost it's almost hard to believe because we've certainly been uh, 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 kicked around enough over the last, uh, especially the last several years that we haven't been in the playoffs. And uh, yeah, things are definitely looking up, and I, I'm you know. There are a few people that aren't on board with the acquisition, but from day one I said, this is the move. You have to make this move at all costs. The team will – I mean, they were the number four rated defense in the league last year, and all they needed – if they had him last year, they had won five more games. Now, every year is different, and the dynamics of of each team changes from year to year. But, boy, going into this year, it it certainly looks like they they got a legit shot. And, you know, I should point out, that they are the sixth betting favorite uh, to win the Super Bowl in, you know, not just Nevada, but all the other legal uh, sports entities throughout the country. Uh, so there's only five teams that have shorter odds than they do to win the Super Bowl, and we haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you spoke the absolute truth. I'll tell you what, even, you know, our owner, Woody Johnson, uh, talked about it, just the quarterback being the missing piece. And, boy, that they land the big fish. This is a guy – 
that has it all. And he not only does he have it all, like you spoke about as well, uh, he's been to where we're trying to get to. He's won a Super Bowl before. He's a guy that's made multiple, you know, pushes in the playoffs. He knows what it takes to be there. And just hearing about him, uh, like you spoke about as well, hearing about him sitting down with guys, breaking down things in the film room as well. Hey, he'll go over, he'll stop the session and say, hey, look, point this out. He understands how detail plays into winning in this league, the attention to detail, making sure you get things right, stopping stuff and make sure that guys know where they need to be. So that's huge. That's huge. And having him here, boy, it's going to do wonders for our offense. Now, speaking about offense, right, we've made some signings, guys like Alan Lazard. Uh, we brought in Tim Boyle as well. There's been many free agent signings this recent offseason. For you, what are your thoughts about some of the guys that we brought in? Who was your favorite free agent that we signed this past off? I, I, I definitely like the Lazard signing. I, I think that 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 made uh, made sense on many levels to bring in somebody he's already familiar with. And of course, now they're also bringing in Randall Cobb, where I think everyone kind of thinks he'll be more of a locker room presence, and he'll get some spot play from time to time. But uh, just trying to get, bring that winning culture and that winning attitude over to the Jets, I think, is, uh, is very important. But I definitely like the Lazard signing. And, uh, you know, our wide receiver room is going to be really good this year. Yeah, it is. It is. What are your thoughts about the draft? Because we also made some moves and got some guys in there as well. There's a lot of people that didn't like the Will McDonald pick. How would you feel about it? Well, you know, we should have been talking about uh, – uh, <laughs> we should have been talking about – I think it was, was it Broderick, Broderick Jones? Who is the offensive yeah. <laughs> lineman that they were uh, that they were that they were looking at, and then all of a sudden, our friends up in uh, in the Boston area pulled a uh, a little zinger with us and made a trade with Pittsburgh, and they took him. But you know, they you know overall, it's always hard to tell whether um, any of these guys are going to pan out. But um, I'll tell you one guy they got later on that I I remember looking at this year who I really like. That's the cornerback from LSU, Jarek Bernard Converse, six one two oh five. He was the uh, 204th pick in the guy. He he should have went a little bit a lot sooner than that. Um, and I can't pronounce his name, but the running back from Pittsburgh, uh, Israel Abakan. I don't know. You might have just, you probably know Abanacanda. better than I do. Abanakanda. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> that 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 name will play in New York for sure. He's really good. He'll certainly <laughs> help out the running game. So overall, you know, look, you look at a lot of these guys and, and you see where they came and you see where they played, and you just hope that they can uh, uh, take that and transform their collegiate skills right into the National Football League. Yeah. I mean, listen, Izzy, like you spoke about as well, he's a guy, and boy, oh, boy, he's a guy that could end up really paying dividends for us pretty early. He's a guy to come out the backfield, catch the football. Of course, he needs to clean up, you know, some things about his game, but that's every rookie. Well, he runs. You know, he's got some moves. He's a guy that's one cut can go. And let me tell you something, he's going to be a – going to be a load he's going to be a load to bring down because once he gets going it's tough to it's tough to tackle him so i'm excited about him as well uh being put in hackett's uh offense and also joe tipman the acquisition of joe tipman was phenomenal i like that draft pick too guy that can get up front you know he's, he's a fat boy he's going to push people around get his hands on you it's over you know we're, we're going to see what happens i think he's a guy that can end up taking the center spot as well from Connor mcgovern and also like will mcdonald uh the, the pick of will mcdonald Added pass rushes always needed in this league, especially when you look at some of the top-tier quarterbacks that we're going to be chasing this year. So, listen, Robert, it's been phenomenal speaking with you. This is a great conversation about the football team. Before I let you go, 
let my listeners know where they can get involved and how they can get in touch with, with you and the uh, Orange County Jets fan club and where they can go and how they can get in touch with you folks on social media as well. Yeah, well, Orange County Jet fans, uh, they have a nice, uh, they have a Facebook page, and I believe an Instagram, an Instagram page as well. So all the information is there. As I said, Mario does a really good job uh, putting all that together, so it should be pretty easy to find. It, 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 it's amazing how many, uh, how many people show up uh, Sunday to Sunday that never were in there before, and they say, hey, you know, I was looking for a place to watch the game. I Googled it and found you guys. So uh, we're real easy to find. So. Yeah, we're really looking forward to a good year, and I'm excited uh, uh, about this season more than pretty much any in the last four years because I haven't been back uh, to the New York area, which, of course, as you know, is my hometown. And I do plan on uh, going back to a game this year. I've uh, circled the New England game, which is their Mm. second home game of the year. Oddly enough, one of their very few 1 o'clock afternoon games, that's, of course, 10 o'clock out here. Most of their games are now in prime time on Sunday night, so – we're certainly getting there. So I'm really looking forward to getting back there and, uh, and hanging out. My cousin and I for years used to, used, to, used to have season tickets back in the day. I used to go back pretty much every year. But uh, I got married seven years ago, so life has changed a little bit for me. But I am looking forward to going back this year and, uh, and hanging out with the Jets fans and hopefully seeing a, a big Jets win this time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're expecting expectations have absolutely been raised, especially with a lot of the things that we've been able to do uh, this offseason. Listen, Robert, I want to thank you for calling and I want to thank you for coming on the show. It was phenomenal speaking to you. You have yourself a good night, my friend. You too, Joe. And Joe, you need to get to uh, Orange and hang out with the Orange County Jet fans this year, okay? Yes, yes, I will. I'll, I'll try my best, and my schedule is wild. <laughs> As everybody knows, my schedule is wild, but I'll definitely uh, try to get down there. When you talked about the Green Dog as well, that brought back a lot of great memories. I used to slide by there when I could and uh, sit down and enjoy, you know, Jets games before they ended up closing down. But, yeah, I will will definitely try to get down there with you guys and, and, uh, you know, enjoy a Jets game or two with y'all. All All right? (laughs) All right, Joe. Good talk to you. Go Jets. All right, you have a good one. Go, Jess. Again, that was Robert of the Orange County Jets Fan Club. Phenomenal club. Everybody get involved with everything they're doing. Again, they meet at David Buster's and Orange. And, again, you can go on their Facebook. uh, You know, just go on Facebook and search uh, Orange County Jets Fan Club. It'll pop right up. And get involved with everything that they do. It's a great group of Jets fans down there. They have a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, my schedule's wild. I'll try my best to get, get down there and uh, enjoy a Jets game or two with them. A lot, a lot of fun. So now it's time to move forward, and we need to talk about the New York Jets. Again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We're taking all callers, all right? We're going to be talking about the Jets. We're going to be talking about OTAs really quickly. Everybody that's on the line, Steve, other callers as well, hold on. We're going to get to you guys in just a second. Now, as we know, okay, one of the big things that came out, right, we got OTAs going, but the situation with Makai Becton has gone up, all right? It's gone up, and uh, he was able to come out and speak his mind, uh, you know, with a with the interview that actually was posted. Sat down with Bob Glauber of Newsday and spoke about, you know, the injury that we saw last season with him. He also spoke about his, you know, movement to right tackle and everything that happened uh, last offseason. 
As we know, Beckton initially hurt his knee in 2021 when uh, Greg Van Roten was thrown into the back of him, and he ended up missing uh, the rest of that season. That happened in the first game. Well, 2022, we were all hoping that, you know, he would come back. We were excited for him. I personally was excited for him. When Everyone knows I love Makai Beckton. I still do. Um, I think he's phenomenal. But when he came back in 2022, that offseason, it was just marred with so many things. There was rumors about him being overweight, issues with the coaching staff, them feeling like there was, uh, you know, questions about his work ethic. Uh, there was questions about the knee as well. Some people were leaking reports about the stability of the knee. So many things swirling surrounding him. Um, and then all of a sudden, boom, he goes down. Then he ends up fracturing his kneecap, and he ends up, you know, subsequently missing the rest of the season. Now, there were reports that he was supposed to come back in 2022, but uh, let me tell you something, that didn't happen. And there was a lot of times, especially when that time came about, Jets fans went off on him. I'm talking way crazy. Called him a bum, he's a bust, he's all these other things. But if you listen to people that were closer in his circle, especially a guy like Duke Manyweather, uh, Duke Manyweather basically came out, you know, via social media when he was responding uh, to fans that were attacking Makai Beckton. And he said, listen, that knee injury, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't care what was reported, okay, and I'm paraphrasing, but basically I don't care what was reported, okay, he was never coming back. That knee injury, uh, and he was hinting at this, that the knee injury was worse than what was actually being initially reported when Beckton went down uh, prior to the season in 2022. So subsequently we never saw Makai Beckton come back, and then officially it was basically like two years he hadn't played you know, pretty much at all. Now, with that, you know, kind of in the past here, we've seen that Makai Becton has been looking phenomenal. And there's big questions surrounding him because, again, the New York Jets did recently void his fifth-year option, and, you know, he'll pretty much be a free agent after the season. Now, there's things that the New York Jets can do to retain him. Of course, franchise tag, possibly sign him to a deal. All those things can be worked out. But that fifth-year option is done, okay? They, you know, decided to avoid it, and so now he's moving forward. And so with so many things surrounding him, this interview comes out, and he goes, you know, they spoke about a lot of different things, his motivation, how much better he is mentally, how much better he is physically. But when talking about the New York Jets and uh, the injury and the move to right tackle this last season, this is what he said. He said directly, it made no sense to put me at right tackle. I hurt my right knee. That, is going, that was going to be the knee that I put the most pressure on, right, while he's backpedaling and pass protection. He said that he explained it to the coaches, but no one cared. Beckton also said that his knee didn't feel right in training camp last, last year, and on the day he was injured, uh, you know, the end result was another season lost, okay? So right there he's telling you, hey, look, <laughs> I was trying to tell people my knee's jacked up here. doesn't feel right. You got me on the right side, my knee's jacked up, and then boom, the day that my knee, you know, ended up giving out and buckling, I was trying to let everybody know, but nobody cared, right? We'll talk about that in a second. He also said, I got forced to play a position I don't play, right tackle. Um, I was pretty much telling them I wasn't feeling good the whole time throughout camp, and I was told I shouldn't be complaining. Go out there and do it. I was limping throughout the whole practice, and I just took a step, and my knee buckled. I got hurt again and had to have reconstructive knee surgery. Woo! Right? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay? 
Now, when I look at this situation, and we'll get to the callers in a second, I look and I say to myself, okay, I can look at it at both sides. I look at the coaching situation, and I can say maybe they thought to themselves, you know, this guy, there's some issues, some things going on here. We understand he's coming back from the knee injury. But now he's being moved to right tackle. He may be upset about that, and he's just trying to worm his way back into being a left tackle. Again, keep in mind, they had given the left tackle position to – uh, George Fant at that time, um, and Makai was being moved over. So maybe they looked at it like, hey, there's a lot of things going on here. He's just complaining. Bro, just go out there and play right tackle. That's what we need you to do right now make it happen. But then you also look at it from Makai Becton's situation, his side, and you're saying, hey, if a guy's telling you that his knee's jacked up, right, he's telling you his knee's jacked up, maybe you should listen to him. Maybe you should go get that checked out, especially – right, especially when he's a guy that you have so much invested in. Again, keep in mind, Makai Becton is a first-round pick. That's quite a bit of capital to give up to move, you know, to give up to grab a guy, right? We took him in the first round. That, that's, that's big capital, all right? So when I look at it, I said, hey, the past is the past. We're moving forward now, right? And Makai Becton has worked his butt off to get into a great position. He's in phenomenal shape, as we've all seen. He looks lean, mean, trim, and he credits that to a lot of, you know, the coaching and everyone that he has surrounding him now, mainly the Parsi Speed School, which has helped him, you know, kind of rebuild himself. Um, he's talked about the new coaches, new people that he has in his life, and how they motivate him now, and how, uh, you know, his coach now came out and spoke about how Makai Beckley's a good guy, great guy, great intentions, he works, but he might have just lost his way. That was the big thing. He may have just lost his way. And he was a guy that he could see, you know, that Makai Beckton just needed a coach. He needed someone to speak with him. He needed someone to sit down and help him through the situation. So Makai Beckton, of course, changed his diet, right? A lot of caloric deficit, um, you know, a bit more, the, the workout, the high-intensity stuff that they're doing there. And they got him focused, right? And he's lost over 50 pounds now. He looks phenomenal. Again, com- we also got to remember just recently he tweeted, I am a left tackle, all right? So we see that the confidence is there. We see that he's better mentally as well. He talked about that as well uh, in the past, that mentally he's gotten better, um, and he's feeling good. And even Sulla responded to the I am left tackle tweet as well, saying, hey, if you want the left tackle spot, go out there and grab it. The New York Jets have talked about how, uh, you know, they're going to go with their best five. So, it's exciting to see. I understand. We're going to be talking about this tonight. You got to wonder with this situation, you know, again, Makai Beckton's in a better place mentally. He's in a better place physically. Um, he's a guy that's, I'm telling you, when Makai Beckton fully healthy in a great mental space, I believe that Makai Beckton is the best tackle on this football team, hands down. I think he's better than Brown. I think he's better than Mitchell. I think he's better than Billy Turner. I think he's better than all of those guys, right, at the tackle. I think that a healthy Makai Becton mentally and physically is one of the best tackles in all of football. And it's because we've seen it, right? We've seen it. Makai Becton was healthy that rookie year. He was phenomenal. I'm talking phenomenal. One of the top tackles in the league. And I'm not just saying that because I love Makai Becton. I'm a homer. I know a lot of people will say that. Well, Joe, you're just a homer. Joe, you just love Makai Becton. Oh, you're just you're just one sided, Joe. You just love No, no, no. No, no, no. Let's be honest here. Okay? 
Makai Becton was talked about by a lot of guys, analysts, right? A lot of, you know, former football players, former top offensive linemen as well, right? Uh, Damian Woody came out and talked about this guy being a top lineman in this league. Highway 77, there's a reason why they called him that, all right? So I'm excited to see Makai Becton come back. We'll see what happens going forward. He's going to compete. He wants that left tackle spot. He's letting it be known. And we're going to see what he's going to be able to do. But it's wonderful to see him in a better space mentally and a better space physically, all right? And, again, this is a big year. This is a big year, a big year for him, especially, again, with the fifth-year option being voided. You know, he's going to have to go out there, prove it, earn it, and get it done, and I believe that he'll be able to to do that. So we'll continue to talk about that. I know there's a lot of people that don't, (laughs) a lot of fans that are all over Makai Becton. And, listen, I, I understand that perspective, okay? Ronald Perry salutes to him. He says, Becton is a liar? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of, lot of folks in the chat going back and forth, all right, that are, that are absolutely, you know, going after it. So I understand. I understand. Salutes to the savages. I get it. There's a lot of people, um, you know, that don't like Makai Becton and think that he should just shut up and just go play. And I get that, okay? But, uh, you know. He definitely came out and spoke his mind about a situation, and we're going to see what happens going forward with him. Also, OTAs continue as well. Uh, today we saw quite a bit. Aaron Rodgers ended up tweaking his calf. Some people say it was also like an ankle tweak as well. Um, he did end up, you know, taking a day. He was still out there on the field, so everything is looking good. You know, nothing looking too crazy, but he did take a day to kind of take a step back, but he was still out there on the field. All right, so he's, he's going to be all right. Thank goodness. Whew. We dodged something. Lazard also got banged up a little bit as well. He looked like he was on the ground hurting for a little bit, but he was able to bounce back as well, get himself back on the field and continue on. We're hearing a lot of positive things about Zach Wilson too, okay? Zach Wilson's going out there, and he's looking solid. I know a lot of people wanted to bury him, and I've talked about this, about this situation for Zach Wilson really being something that can help him, help grow him, and help him get better, right? He's being put in the perfect position. Here's his hero, Aaron Rodgers, who he has a great rapport with. They do talk, right? We saw that uh, when we did joint practices with them. Here's the guy that he looks up to the most. Coming into a situation to help him, right? He's going to be quarterback in the team. He's also got an offense that he basically built along with the offensive coordinator, which is Nathaniel Hackett. And he's going to be able to sit down with Zach Wilson and teach him the ins and outs of not only the offense, but NFL life, how to continue to ready himself as a pro and become better. What better situation could you be in, right? They've all often talked about recently that what could have helped Zach Wilson the most was getting him a veteran quarterback that could have stood in front of him for a little bit, and maybe they could have sat him down and he could have learned where here we are in a great position, where the, the pressure is off you, the load is off you, and all you have to go in is you have to, all you have to do is come in, learn, Practice hard, get better, and then when your time comes, because eventually, you know, it's probably going to come, where they're going to hand, you know, the leadership ball back over to Zach Wilson, you're going to have the time to go out there and show us what you've learned and show us if you can be the guy. It's great, great stuff for Zach Wilson. And we're hearing a lot of positive news about him uh, going out in the OTAs and really putting things together. So that's wonderful to hear as well. We're also hearing a lot of great things uh from other players, too, about Aaron Rodgers, right? 
We're hearing from C.J. Uzama talking about how Aaron Rodgers is in the film room with these guys helping to break down. We hear about the attention to detail that Aaron Rodgers is showing as well on the field, off the field, where he'll stop things and say, listen, hey, we got to get this together. We got to clean this up. He'll stop the film and show guys, hey, this is where you should be. This is the attention to detail we need. That is leadership, right? We talk about the Aaron Rodgers on the field, everything that he can do, all the throws he can make, all the the, the quick processing that his mind goes through. But it's also the off the field stuff, the film room stuff, the attention to detail stuff that really heightens your football team, that gets your football team where it needs to be, okay? There's no mistake that this guy's been as good as he's been for so long. It's not a mistake. You don't get that good by just, oh, I'm just moving around. Oh, I'm just, just using my arm to throw the football. No, he's got it upstairs. C.J. Uzama talked about him being an intelligent guy as well and understanding his football IQ is off the charts. You don't get there by just standing around. You get there by doing the work. And I understand a lot of people talk about the physical part of football. Football is a very physical sport. But you'd be surprised how much of football is mental, knowing where you need to be, knowing what the opposing defense wants to do to you, and understanding how to take advantage of that, okay? Believe me, we've seen it here. Chad Pennington was not the most physically gifted quarterback. That's why he's one of my favorite Jets of all time. He was not the most physically gifted quarterback. He didn't have a huge rocket arm. He wasn't the fastest, right? He damn sure wasn't Michael Vick. He was none of those guys. But guess what? He was able to go out there and take care of business. Why? IQ. Football intellect. He understood exactly what you wanted to do. He understood how you wanted to attack him. And guess what he would do? Take advantage of you. And even with the lack of a big arm, he was always able to get the ball in there accurately. Get the ball into the hands of his his, uh, running backs coming out the backfield, tight ends, wide receivers, whatever. He was going to hit you in stride and keep it rolling. Because of what he was doing pre-snap, he was able to diagnose things. So it's wonderful to hear about the, the, the leadership aspects and all the things that we're hearing about Aaron Rodgers coming in here. Again, the calf seems like it's going to be okay. We got to uh, – <laughs> that's one of my big fears this offseason. We'll get to the calls in a second. That's one of my big fears this offseason, all right? Watch the injuries, okay? I need to see the New York Jets go into OTAs and training camp and all that stuff and come out healthy. It's one of the things that's plagued us these last couple years, all right? Anybody remember? Right? We lost Carl Lawson in the offseason. Makai Becton, we lost him in the offseason as well. Right? We've had this, this stuff these past couple of years where we get banged up a bit in the offseason trying to go. We lost, I remember uh, ATV uh, got injured as well uh, in the offseason. Uh, we, we, we've Quentin got hurt in the offseason before. We nagging injuries. We got to – I need to see us, okay, go into OTAs, training camp, all this stuff, healthy, come out healthy. And make sure everything's good after that, all right? <laughs> We've had that before, okay? I don't want to see that happen again. We're also going to be discussing Quentin Williams as well. Still not signed that extension. Trying to figure things out. Coach Sella did speak about, you know, not being worried about it and that they'll get it done. Um, I'm hoping that it gets done. Again, Quentin Williams not OTAs. He's already told us that he's not going to be at any voluntary anything until, you know, things get sorted out with his extension. I'm hoping it gets done. And I know a lot of people are saying that they're not worried about it. I'm not, you know, necessarily panicking about the contract being done. But I will tell you this. I'm a little concerned about the amount of time that it's taking to get him, to get this situation, 
Because what if this stuff starts to flow over into the mandatory stuff? I'm wondering if he skips that. And I know we'll cross that bridge when it comes, but I'm wondering, will he skip the mandatory stuff? And then, you know, what happens if that plays all the way kind of deep into the mandatory stuff? Maybe we get him signed late. Is anybody concerned about, you know, the football shape and him being completely ready for the season? We've seen that as well. Guys sign late, end up, you know, straining a hamstring or getting hurt because they haven't been out there. So I'm a little worried, a little bit worried, not panicking, but a little worried. It's playing out. But I know that Joe Douglas eventually will get this done. We'll also be talking about the Jets' tight end position as well. All right, C.J. Uzama, Tyler Conklin, so many guys, Jeremy Ruckert, Zach Koontz is out there, so many guys. I'm wondering if the Jets' tight end position will be more impactful under Nathaniel Hackett than it had been with Mike LaFleur. So we're going to get to the lines. Again, 515-602-9639. is the number. Call in. We are taking all callers. We have quite a bit to talk about. All right? We're going to come to the chat as well. Salutes to all the savages going back and forth. <laughs> hey, Fung, salutes to you. He says, LBJ, tell him. Says, dude is strained when I cut my lawn. I'm <laughs> talking about Aaron Rodgers. You know, he took a day. He said he took a vet day. So he, you know, kind of eased on. All right. Take as many days as you need. I do not need to see Aaron Rodgers get something real crazy happening to him. All right. Strain your calf. All right. Just, you know, take the time you need to heal up and get out there on the field. So we're going to keep getting to these lines again. 515 is the number. Call in. Please give the stream a thumbs up. Subscribe if you have not subscribed. Hit that notification bell. Also share the stream with your friends and your family across your social media platforms. It's greatly appreciated. We're going to get to these lines. First caller I'm going to, I'm going to go to Steve. I'm going to go to Steve early. Salutes to you, Steve. Steve, welcome to the show. I want to thank you for calling in today. Listen, for those of you that do not know, Steve, he's a savage. Yeah, Steve's a savage. Salutes to you, Steve. I want to thank you for calling in. Listen, Steve, a lot of things moving and shaking. Makai Becton comes out and says it's the New York Jets or that it made no sense for the New York Jets to move him to right tackle. What are your thoughts about that, Steve? Hey, Joe. Well, first of all, thank you again for for having me on your show tonight. It's always great to talk to you, you know, talk about this team and talk about, you know, like the situation we're in right now. So, yeah, I guess the first thing we could talk about is the Makai Becton situation. I mean, listen, you know, I know Makai Becton has always said before in the past he doesn't feel comfortable at the right tackle position. He, you know, he was always mostly a left tackle for most of his ball career. But I know Robert Sala did say, you know, when Becton comes back onto the field, because obviously right now he is still doing a little bit of workouts on his own right now because they still don't want to rush him back because, you know, of the injury he suffered last year. But Sala did make a good point that, yes, he does have to earn it. But here was yeah. the thing, though, which I will be very honest, and there is something that I am going to have to defend Makai on this part, on, on his part mm-hmm. here. Because if you remember last year, there were a lot of times where, where some of the coaching staff on this team made a lot of mistakes last year. And if you do remember, Joe, 
What did happen after the 2022 season last year, you know, unfortunately we ended the season with a six-game losing streak. You know, mm-hmm. you know what Coach Sala did? He fired some of those coaching staff members. Like, he actually mm-hmm. literally he said, you know what, I need to make some changes with this coaching staff. I mean, obviously, you know, Mike LaFleur, he didn't get fired. He ended up stepping down as offensive coordinator. And, you know, like, and, and what Sala did was he did fire some of the coaching staff. Because remember, and, and Makai even did say in an interview, um, I think it was a couple of days ago, when he said this, you know, so, you know, he went to the coaching staff one day and he goes, hey, you know, why don't you do me a favor and let me rest one day? My knee isn't really, really good right now. Let me rest. Mm-hmm. And you know what the coaching staff decided to do, Joe? They decided to put him right back on the field. And he even said mm-hmm. that. And if, you, and if you did listen to that interview very, 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 very clearly, that's what Makai Beckton said. And that was the reason why, mm-hmm. why he ended up carrying his kneecap last year. Yeah. Yeah, you know, look, I, like I said, I, I can see it from both sides, especially when you look at the situation when Makai's coming back. Uh, there was a lot of talk about him not being in the best shape, right? And maybe they looked at it, and I, I'm guessing, right? Again, I'm not on the coaching staff, but it's pretty clear to see that they looked at it like, hey, maybe this guy, again, there's a lot of things surrounding him, not in the best shape. He's coming in here. He's, we've moved him from left tackle to right tackle. And maybe he's just trying to weasel his way back into being a left tackle. You know, that's George Fant's job. We decided to give it to him. We're moving forward. You're going to play right tackle. You're not going to get out of it. Just go back out there, right? That's, maybe that's how they looked at it, okay? And I get it. And I understand it, right? That, that's that's, that's probably yeah. how they looked at it. But from the other side, and, and we're, we're talking about it now, Steve, what I don't understand, and, and you know, you, you brought up the question as well, is that if a guy's telling you, that that knee's jacked up and something's going on, I would have rather have had them check him out, see what was going on, and see if that knee was actually stable. And if it wasn't or there was something, you know, clearly there was things going on there, but when they found that something was going on, I would rather you either sit him down or, you know, give him the time that it takes for him to truly heal up. But the past is the past now, Steve. It is what it is, right? He's gone on and had had his reconstructive knee surgery. And and things are looking good, and I want to get your thoughts on that. What are your thoughts on how he's talked about how much better he is now mentally, how much better he feels physically as well now that he's worked himself back into being in shape and he's looking phenomenal and looking focused? How do you feel about that, Steve? Ever since after – you made a good point. Ever since he joined us in, the, in 2020, the first, this is the best I've ever seen Makai Beckton look, like without a doubt. Yes, Makai was definitely a little bit too big, you know, his rookie season, but he had a great rookie season with us in 2020. 2021, you know, you know, he did still look the same. But then again, I still blame Greg Van Roten to this day for what he did to Becton. Because remember, Van Roten was the main reason why why Becton missed that 2021 season. Um, you know, this is the best that he's ever looked. And, you know, I can't wait to see Makai get back on the field because Makai knows that this is his last chance this year. He knows that this yeah. is his last chance to impress this Jets staff because if he doesn't, he's going to hit the free agency market next year and the Jets are not going to re-sign him. But now – Yeah, no, listen, hold on a second, Steve. Thing, you're, you're, hold on a second, Steve. You're, you're speaking absolute facts there. Uh, again, when they decline that fifth-year option – 
you know, Makai Becton is really sitting here, not only auditioning, you know, for the Jets. I'll tell you what, if Makai comes out and performs extremely well, and again, we'll see what happens going forward. They could franchise him. There's quite a bit that they could do. But if Makai comes out and plays well, and the Jets want to extend him and they pass on the franchise tag, there's other teams out there that if he goes out there and really blows everybody's socks off that are definitely going to be vying for his services. If he wants to get paid, this is the year where he's going to have to show up and show yeah. out. And we're talking about them working with guys as well, right, and continuing going forward. You look at a guy like Zach Wilson, who's also going out there and showing his stuff too. There's been a lot of talk about him in OTA showing a lot of positive, positive signs making throws on time, putting the ball on guys. He's also been talked about as well by Robert Sola as a guy that has taken the situation with Aaron Rodgers come in extremely professionally. What are your thoughts about, what the, about the great things that we're hearing about Zach Wilson and OTA so far? Yeah. Well, before I do talk about Zach, is I do want to get to the Aaron Rodgers situation first that obviously did happen today. So Aaron Rodgers today, the team came out. They were doing their warm-ups, and all of a sudden we all find out that Aaron Rodgers apparently ended up suffering an ankle injury, and then there were rumors at first that happened that, oh, he didn't put any weight on the ankle. Well, well, here was the thing. He was able to put weight back on the ankle, and then, oh, my God, here we go, all the Jet fans all going crazy, like, oh, my God, come on, you know. Like, seriously, Aaron Rodgers cannot have a season-ending injury already. But luckily – he did come out today. He had an interview after the OTA practice today. He told the media, you know, listen, I ended up ca- I ended up suffering a minor calf sprain. You know, it ended up being a minor sprain, and he said, you know, I just didn't want to take a chance going forward and continuing on practicing. I spoke with Coach Sala. I told him that I can't practice for the rest of the day. And you know what Coach Sala said? He said, okay, that is fine. You know, take take the rest take the rest of the practice off, you know. And the one thing that he did was today, Joe, now going to Zach Wilson today, he actually, what he does is, he's, when, when, when they're in, like, in the indoor facility and when they're having mm-hmm. meetings, and let me tell you, CJ Uzama even came out today and said this, this Aaron Rodgers would stop Nathaniel Hackett when Nathaniel Hackett's going over plays and Aaron Rodgers yep. would actually tell him, guys, this is what we got to do. You know, like, this is what needs to happen. This is what needs to do. See, this is one of the reasons why, Joe, why we have not been a good team for the last many years. We've never had an experienced offensive coordinator who's, who, who is very, very offensive-minded like Nathaniel Hackett. And we also mm-hmm. have, finally, a veteran quarterback in that knows the game well in Aaron Rodgers. This is this is one of the reasons why we sucked for many many years, many years. And, mm. and when Uzama came out and said, "Man, Rogers is a true leader." Yeah, he, he yeah. listen. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Rodgers has absolutely come out and you know put his impact and his imprint already on this on this team. He's stepping up, like you said as well, with CJ Uzama. You know, talking about it with the media talking about how Aaron Rodgers is going over details, which is extremely important, right? I talked about it earlier. You don't get to get as good as Aaron Rodgers is if you're just sitting around, you know, and you just go out there, oh, I'll just 
go out there and, you know, throw the ball around and we'll figure things out. No, he's paying attention to detail. This is the work that gets put in that leads to wins. It leads to what, what you see on the field, the production that you see offensively. Because in that field room and off the field, he's teaching guys how to be a better pro. And that's what I was spoke, speaking about as well with Zach Wilson. Here's a guy that is put in a great situation where he gets to learn from Aaron Rodgers, where he gets to learn, you know, with the guy that literally built the, helped build the offense with Hackett that he's running right now. This is the guy that sat down with Hackett and put the things together. And so the impact that it's going to have on Zach Wilson as well, I think is going to be tremendous because he's going to be able to go out there. And, and they talked about this as well, that, you know, LaFleur talked about it before he was gone and others have talked about it, how, Hey, Zach Wilson could have benefited from that veteran hand, you know, being on him before we put him out there on the field, because maybe he wasn't ready. You know, and we saw that. We saw the, the lack of decisiveness out there with the football. We saw him being slow with his reads, all those things, right? Well, now he's being put in a situation where he has this hero that's going to be able to guide him, that's going to be able to help him for these next, you know, however many years until the situation is handed back over to him. So I love that, and I love that for Zach Wilson. Now, my next question for you, Steve, because we're talking about quite a bit here, you look at this situation, man, with Quentin Williams. This extension still ain't done. The OTAs, again, stuff is voluntary. How concerned are you about this situation lingering, Steve? And are you worried about Quentin Williams possibly skipping things that are mandatory because we don't have something in place with him? You know, listen, when I look at the situation with Quentin Williams, you know, listen, I understand the situation where he's at right now. He wants to get paid. He does deserve to get paid. I do think that he will definitely get paid. If he doesn't get paid, you know, like before when the Jets go on their vacation in June, I'm not going to really, really worry about that right now. But And I'm not worried about it right now as of now. But I am going to say this. If Quinn Williams does not get his contract before training camp at the end of July, then that's going to be an issue. Because the thing is, we do need Quinton Williams for the team. Like, that's the last missing thing now. The Jets need to get done right before when the season begins in, 20, in 2023. We have to get Quinton Williams' contract. But I'm not worried about it right now and, and all that stuff. But, but, but the one thing that I did hear about it, Coach Sala did say this today in his press conference, you know, another one of the reasons why White Quentin's taking off is it's not only just because of his contract situation, and I know that, that Coach Sala did say that Joe Douglas and, and his staff are definitely working on getting the extension done. Quentin Williams is expected to be a dad. You know, his wife mm-hmm. is about to yeah. get ready to get birth. You know, Coach Sala did, did mention that today. You know, Quentin Williams is going to be a father soon. You know, congratulations to him on that. So, so, obviously, I hope things, you know, go well with Quinn and Williams. But I guess now, Joe, just going back to what you were saying about Hold on, hold on a second. Hold on, a few, hold on, before, you, before we switch off, I wanted to go back. I want to stick with Quinn and Williams for just a second with you because you brought up some good takes. But there are some Jets fans out there that look at the situation with Quinn and Williams and think that if we give him the money that he's looking for, right, which, there, again, is a lot of reported 24 to $25 million per, again, it's just reports that are swirling out there. There's a lot of Jets fans afraid that if we give Quinn and Williams that type of money, he could possibly turn into another Muhammad Wilkerson. A lot of people look in talking about, oh, one-year production, 
If we give him that money, he's going to be another Muhammad Wilkerson. Do you agree with that, Steve? Are you worried about that as well when it comes to them re-signing Quentin Williams? No, honestly, I'm not. I'm not going to say this. I'm just going to say this right now. I don't think Quentin Williams would turn into another Muhammad Wilkerson. You know, Quentin Williams to me is a much different person than Muhammad Wilkerson was. I mean, you know, listen, because obviously we did see what happened. You know, after when Wilkerson had that great 2015 season, and you know, he did end up getting the contract extension, and then obviously the next two years did not really pan out for him, and then we ended up letting him go after 2017. But, you know, listen, I don't think Quentin Williams is going to be like a Muhammad Wilkerson, in my opinion. But now I just want to just get back to Zach Wilson really, really quickly because Mm -hmm. this is something also, too, just going back to what really, really should have happened back a couple of years ago when we did draft Zach Wilson a couple of years ago. We should have had already a, a veteran quarterback in the building on our team already. Mm. So, therefore, the veteran quarterback, so Zach Wilson could learn. And, and, and the thing was, you know, obviously it didn't happen until we got Joe Flacco. And then, you know, yes, Zach Wilson did learn from Joe Flacco for the last couple of years as well. But mm-hmm. the thing is, to have a guy like Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is definitely – the kind of guy that Zach Wilson needs. And remember, when Zach Wilson, before he got drafted a couple of years ago, they asked him, which quarterbacks inspired you to become a quarterback? You know what he said in that interview? Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. And now he's working with one of his idols that he grew up watching. Remember, Zach Wilson said he grew up watching Aaron Rodgers play when Aaron Rodgers was a lot younger in the day. And now he's actually, you know, when, when, he, when he watches during the regular season, you know, of what Rodgers does, Zach Wilson can get an idea now, and he can get his, and he can get his career re- revamped up. But, you know, Joe, just to end this, you know, listen, we're, we're, right now we're at OTAs now, you know. Hopefully everything continues to go good. You know, if Rodgers needs to sit out of practice, let him sit out of practice, you know, and then what he could do is teach all these young players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's learned, He's definitely showing guys what time it is. And, again, all the work that he's putting in off the field as well in that film room, making sure the guys know where they need to be, the attention to detail. We're going to see it pay dividends on the field. Listen, Steve, I want to thank you for calling in. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you, all right, my friend? All right, no problem, Joe. Thank you so much, and have a good night. All right, you have a good one. Listen, Steve calling in with some fire. Again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We're taking our callers. We're going to go to the Savages, okay, because I want to hear from y'all. I know a lot of people going back and forth. Salute the Jets' turbulence in the building. Good to see you in here. He says, I love the route the Jets are taking with Zach. The full reset, no one will talk about him. He's going to absorb as much as he can from Aaron Rodgers. Love that he is quiet and not a distraction like Beckton. Big words. Big words about Makai Beckton. I know a lot of a lot of Jets fans are going off on him. I've seen it. I've heard it. All right. But yeah, Zach Wilson, as I've talked about, is in a great position. And I know that there was a lot of fans, and I remember this like it was yesterday. The second we acquired Aaron Rodgers, heck, even before that, there were Jets fans talking about just don't even trade Zach. Just cut him. <laughs> 
I remember it. People were saying, just cut him, Joe. Get rid of him. He's done here. And I said, hold on. You know, wait a second. The Jets staff has already told you from the coaching, from the coaching staff to Joe Douglas, everybody, they came out and said, through hell or high water. Okay? That is their words directly. Through hell or high water, they're going to coach Zach Wilson. And they're going to get the best that they possibly can get out of him before moving on from him. So, and again, you got to think, we drafted him very high, right? Joe Douglas is tied to him. That's our current general manager, right? They saw something in that kid, right? They saw something in him. And we've seen the flashes as well, too. But we, it's, it's lacked consistency, right? So we need the consistency out of him. But he has the physical gift. He has physically what it would take to make it in the NFL. It's the upstairs stuff, okay? It's the in-between-the-ears stuff, all right? So with Aaron Rodgers being able to come in and with them being able to put together, again, this is a, a system that is very much like the system we ran with LaFleur, and there was a lot of things that people talked about as well with him, about the, the system being needlessly complicated. There was a lot of issues, you know, with Zach Wilson kind of picking it up, figuring things out. Uh, and so, again, the New York Jets have moved on to him. They have Hackett in the building now. Maybe Hackett's a guy that's going to be able to simplify the system or put it in a perspective where Zach Wilson will be, will be able to easily digest it. Will he be able to understand what's going on and be able to put things together and think a lot faster out there? And I also think that Aaron Rodgers, yet again, is going to aid in that digestion as well, too. He's already talked about it. He's already talked about making Zach Wilson's life great you know, off the field. He's going to help him so that he'll be able to put things together quicker. A lot of things about quarterback in the NFL, especially today, is getting the ball out of your hands quickly. That's what this scheme is all about as well. Getting the ball out of your hands quickly, hitting guys in space, and making sure that they can, you know, move on and handle business, okay? Callers, I'll see you. We'll get back to you in a second. I think it's my guy, Val. Hold on, Val. We'll come to you in a second. I already know what time it is when he get up in here. He's definitely going to have some takes. Salutes to all the other callers as well. We'll get to you all in a second. We're going to continue with the chat here because the Savages are going off. NY Jets FL salutes. He says, Makai, please hit the field and play. Don't become a whiner. Ooh, a lot of people going back and forth, man. I know a lot of people uh, not liking the situation with Makai. A-Fung salutes. He says, yeah, you can't be guaranteed left tackle when you haven't played in two years. <laughs> people talking, they talk, man. People talking their talk, okay? And salute to Jets' turbulence as well. He says, yes, and he's speaking on the Quentin Williams situation. Yes, it has to worry every Jets fan a little bit. Again, we spoke a little bit earlier about a lot of people being concerned that Quentin Williams is going to turn into Muhammad Wilkerson once we give him that money. And I understand, okay, Jets fans, I get the, the outlook on that. But it doesn't concern me at all, and here's why, right? I've been a Jets fan for a long time. We all have. There was a lot of things surrounding Muhammad Wilkerson at that time that wasn't just about what we saw on the field, right? Does anybody remember that Muhammad Wilkerson, uh, during the, the time that Rex was here, all that stuff, they knew that he wasn't showing up to practices? He wasn't. He literally wouldn't show up to practice at all and still was allowed to play. You can go back and look that up. <laughs> he wasn't showing up to practices, and he was still allowed to play. And not only was he not showing up to practices, he wasn't even getting any excuse. Like, he wasn't excused from practice at all. He just wouldn't show up. I believe there was a report that they, they threw him like a little party for his birthday at the facility. He didn't show up to that either. And that was during, like, a practice day. All right? 
So when you look at the situation surrounding Muhammad Wilkerson and all the things that we saw, right, the, the flame out and eventually we moved on from him, those things are not the same things that are surrounding Quentin Williams. Quentin Williams has been a, a stand-up guy since he's gotten here. He's been a guy that's played, you know, played it straight since he's been here. He's been a guy that's put it together on the field since he's gotten here. He practices hard. He's a guy that's vocal. He's one of the leaders within the locker room. We've seen that as well. He was here during the Gays era. Wasn't, didn't bash the coaching staff, nothing. Just constantly said, hey, we're going to keep working. We're going to keep putting stuff together, okay? And I understand a lot of people talk about the production, the 12 sacks this season, all that stuff, and that's phenomenal, right? But you've got to keep in, keep in mind that there was issues on the roster as well. Quinton Williams has always shown flashes of being a good defensive lineman for us. We've always talked about his ability and the things that he can do here. But – we've also lacked pieces to surround him. What was one of the things that we were extremely excited about when we brought in Carl Lawson? We were excited about it because we all said, oh, you can't triple team Quentin Williams anymore. (laughs) Anybody, I remember it like it was yesterday. The first thing that I said when Carl Lawson was brought in here was, you cannot triple team Quentin Williams anymore. Now Quentin Williams is going to be unlocked. He's not going to be the only guy that you have to focus on along our defensive line. That's literally what offenses were doing double and triple teaming him, how is he supposed to get anywhere? Nobody else was putting things together. Anybody remember when Carl Lawson got hurt the first year, right? Anybody remember that when he tore his ACL? John Franklin Myers was supposed to be the guy to step up to fill that in. He would disappear often in games. Other guys as well supposed to step up and fill those in. He would, they would disappear. We were struggling. So I understand people talking about Muhammad Wilkerson and giving him big money, but listen, you got to pay guys around here, okay? And just because other guys in the past haven't worked out, that doesn't mean that Quentin Williams won't continue to play at a solid level for us and continue to put things together. All right, 12 sacks this year. I think he had six the year before and seven the year before that. Quentin Williams has shown us, man, you know, that he can do solid things here. And, again, when you pay guys like that, when you make sure that guys are taken care of, Right? When you make sure the guys like this that you've drafted, that have been in your facility, shown up and showed out, when you make sure that they're taken care of, that reverberates to the locker room. That shows these young guys like Sauce and, 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 and Garrett Wilson, right? Guys that are really putting things out. That shows them, hey, when you show up and you play to the wall for us and you do things the right way, you don't go crazy like Jamal Adams, then guess what? We'll take care of you and you will make sure that you remain a Jet. So we'll see how that goes. Again, the extension is not in place. I'm not panicking. Your boy, your boy Joe's not panicking, but I want to get it done sooner than later, all right? So lose all the Savages. We'll come back to the chat in a second, okay? We'll come back to the Savages in a second. I know people are going crazy. You know, we welcome all fans. We got Chiefs fans going in here crazy. Nicole Harmon is going to have a year for us. I know you may not want to hear that, but I'm expecting big things from that man as well. He's going to be the weapon X within this offense. Boy, oh, boy, I'm excited. Okay? I'm excited, baby. Listen, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. I am taking all callers. Okay? Please subscribe to the stream if you haven't. Hit that notification bell. Give the stream a thumbs up. All right? Also share the stream across your social media with your friends and your family. Okay? I do not allow cursing on my show as well for my new callers. Do not call in cursing. I'll get you out of here fast. I'm talking fast. Faster than Adam Gaze. Get oh, my goodness. I am so glad we moved on from him. Can you imagine if our offense was still ran by that man? Oh, 
I'm I'm flushing them. Get them. Man, you want to talk about ruining the quarterback? There's no one better at it than Adam Gaze. Good Lord. 515-602-9639. We're taking callers. We're going to get to these lines. Next, I'm going to go to my guy, Val. Val, I'm coming directly to you. Ted, other callers will come to you in a second. Salutes to you, Val. I want to thank you for calling in. For those of you that do not know Val, he's a savage. Damn, Val. Savage, salutes. Listen, man, we got oh, we man, a lot of things. This is a different call, man. Oh, oh, this is not Val. Is this my guy, Atlanta? Uh, yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. my How goodness. You doing, man? Salutes. My guy from Atlanta, salutes to you. Our wires got crossed here. I want to thank you for calling in. He's a savage as well. Listen, we're talking about a lot of things here, man. Makai Becton comes out, speaks with Bob Glauber about his knee injury, his switch to right tackle. What are your thoughts about what he had to say about the New York Jets moving him to right tackle and that it made no sense? How are you feeling about that, man? Uh, he should want to be at the premier position. He should have that kind of confidence in himself. He should demand that kind of excellence. So I'm glad he's mad. Now, how much mm. does that matter as far as in the building, to the coaching staff, to the administration, to everybody else? No. It's just like another Tuesday. Like, oh, okay, you were upset about that. And you spoke out, oh, okay, yeah, that's, that's right. we'll, we'll, we'll see you at practice, and uh, <laughs> we'll see how your health is holding up <laughs> when you will play. And I'm not saying that to discount, like, how that brother was feeling or what he had to say. I'm just being, like, just real about how these type of situations play out. The only reason yeah, he's yeah, able to this. speak that way because of the draft mm-hmm. capital they spent on him. He is, a, a you know, mm-hmm. he's part of the investment of the team and somebody who's looked mm-hmm. at as, you know, if he returns to form, it could be a real real valuable asset. So, you know, he can pop off mm-hmm. every once in a while. Other people can't. So, salute to him, man. Yeah. No, listen. <laughs> I, and, I, <laughs> and I hear what you're saying. Like I said, you know, business is business, and that's why – you know, uh, I understand he like he wants to be at left tackle, and he 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 tweeted out, "I am a left tackle." But uh, especially what we're seeing, we're going to go with our best five. But one of the one of the things that I I was a little concerned about was when he talked about the knee injury. Okay, when he talked about him talking to the coaching staff and telling them, "Listen, my knee is jacked up," and then basically saying like. Bruh, go out there and play right tackle. Stop talking to us. What are your thoughts about that? Do you think the Jets? should have taken a bit more of heed with him and maybe, you know, sat him down or even sent him to really get the knee looked at before. Because, again, right, he said the day that his knee got jacked up and he had to go, you know, it was officially done, he fractured the kneecap and had to go get reconstructive surgery, that he had talked to them about that. What are your thoughts about that situation? Do you think the Jets should have been more cautious with that knee injury? Uh, yes, I do, uh, as far as him being a human being. As far as, like, if this was private business, then this would be something mm-hmm. to address. If this was, like, he worked for the post office or something like that, this is something that would have to be addressed. And I think that's part of yeah. what I think people discount as far as respecting these guys are putting their bodies on the line when it comes to NFL football because that's standard operating procedure for NFL football to where it's like, okay, yeah. are you hurt or are you injured? 
And if you're not injured, they expect you to perform as if, you know, nothing is wrong. Now, mm-hmm. you know, we can have an argument about whether that's wrong or right, and I think we all know that that's not right. <laughs> but in that business, I mean, dude, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but, like, we can talk to locker room after locker room, and you'll get stories like that coming out of there. And it's because, yep. because of what? That, that, that's, the, that's, the, that's the game that they're playing. It's a violent, physical game. And those injuries are going to compile on you. Now, yeah. how bad those injuries are and what you can play through and what you can't, you know, that, that, that's, mm-hmm. that's a conversation for somebody else, man. I, I can't have it without knowing the player and knowing everything else about him, you know? Yeah. No, yes. Listen, and you, you, you brought up a great point. Again, uh, Ted, 917 will be coming to you in a second. But the, what you said, are you hurt or are you injured? A lot of people. <laughs> A lot of people don't really know that that is a question that is asked. Are you hurt and are you injured? Okay, that those are two very different things, and they do expect you to go out there and perform. And like you said, we've heard across the league. I remember uh, Ed Reed, I'll, I'll never forget this, where he was talking about the injuries that he had suffered, and he was even talking to his guys before they went out there on the field about how hurt he was, but he was still out there playing. And he was talking about it like, you know, like crazy. It, it was wild, but, yeah. You know, you're expected to go out there and perform, especially at a high level, um, you know, when you're, when you're a, a certain type of guy on the team. Now, my question for you is this, all right? Since we're discussing Makai Becton, this right tackle, left tackle, best five goes out there, right? But we've seen that Makai Becton has talked about not wanting to be right tackle. He thinks he's a left tackle. If Makai Becton doesn't end up winning the left tackle spot, do you think the Jets will put him back at right tackle, or do you think they'll just move forward and maybe slide Billy Turner over there or somebody else? How do you think it plays out if he doesn't win the left tackle spot? Uh, if he doesn't win the position battle, then he's going to be playing right tackle. Uh, okay. I mean, it's tough to swallow, but no matter what, he has to remake his career. This, this year for him is about rejuvenation. Whether it's in this organization or another one, uh, there are certain moments where you kind of have to play ball, you know what I mean, as far mm-hmm. as uh, giving a little bit and compromising with the organization. That's something he's going to have to do. But I, I can't see a situation where he's healthy and loses the position battle either, just as yeah. think of his yeah. talent, because I think we really yeah. we've kind of forgotten how good that kid was those first, you know, mm-hmm. those first few games and everything before he got hurt. So, you know, sounds nice. You know what I mean? I refuse to do this. and that, that, that. Yeah, okay. You, you can't make ultimatums as a player, especially a player coming back from injury. Yeah. No, yeah. Listen, I hear you. Now OTAs is going on. We got a lot of things moving and shaking. You see an Aaron Rodgers out there. There's a lot of talk about what he's doing and the impact that he's having right now, not only on the field, right, but off the field. He tweaked his calf today, so he just kind of sat down today. But we've seen him out there throwing football to Lazard and Garrett Wilson. But we're, talk, we're hearing about what he's doing off the field, sitting down, breaking film down, uh, you know, making sure that guys will really need to be the attention to detail. Man, what are your thoughts about what we're seeing from Aaron Rodgers so far, just the leadership ability that he's showing doing things like that? Yeah, I mean, Aaron's a football guy, right? I mean, that's, that's his whole life. So he's going to enjoy this part of it. And I think as people get older, this is the part they really enjoy, the camaraderie, you know, the team building hanging out with guys, learning different things. And honestly, uh, I, would, I would advise Zach Wilson to get boned up on every conspiracy theory he can find on YouTube. Like, ingratiate <laughs> yourself with Rodgers. Kick those conversations off. 
to where you become yeah. the little brother and he teaches you a lot of the tricks he's learned, you know, tricks he's learned and different yeah. things and, and ways things should be done. But, yeah, man, I mm-hmm. think A-Rod is happy as hell, dude. I, I think this is the t- thing that makes him happy, hanging around those guys. Yeah. Yeah, he's also talked about in the past about the Jets becoming a dragon and being, you know, basically being the hunter now instead of being the hunted because of the acquisition of all the talent that we have and all the things. What are your thoughts about that, man? Do you feel like the Jets are prepared to be that hunter now with all the expectations and eyes on us? Oh, you don't have a choice. We've seen this in the NFL year after year after year. You go back to the Vince Young super team stuff uh, when, he, when he, you know, made that announcement. When you acquire a certain amount of talent in the NFL, you are expected because this is the, the one league with so much parity that a little bit of talent can really shift the whole paradigm that, yeah, the Jets have to ball out. Not only are you in the media capital and you have this superstar in Rodgers, but, dude, do you know how much on my timeline Aaron Rodgers' little calf thing today popped up? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Just the, the Jets weren't talked about in that way. You got four papers yeah. in this city, not to mention all the stuff that's going to go online. So the expectations are going to be crazy. And, yes, you, you are going to be looked at as a hunter. It's going to be big games on Thursday night and everything else because A-Rod is there, mm-hmm. man. Like this, I, I thought this is what we wanted. I hope fans aren't, aren't, aren't getting scared about the pressure already. But, yes, if we start off one and one, it's, a, it's, it's, it's going to get ugly, like media pressure and all of the noise and all of that. But this is what you should want. This is how championships yeah. are made. You get the team and you get the expectations. Okay, let's meet those expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of pressure on us, you know, going forward. Again, we got a bunch of primetime games, all that stuff. Now, my final question before I let you go, man, Quentin Williams, extension not signed yet, right? We're continuing on. He's not at any of the voluntary stuff. What are your thoughts on this situation, man? I know uh, Robert Seller has talked about not being concerned about it. Are you concerned about how long that this can linger? And do you think that this could end up with him possibly missing mandatory stuff? Uh, Well, I'm not really worried about him missing mandatory stuff or anything like that. As long as he's ready for week one, I'm good. I I I couldn't care less about the other stuff. But ultimately, I do Mm. think he's going to get paid. He's at a prime position. Uh, to where people are comfortable locking money in, as we just saw the Giants do uh, with Lawrence. So, yeah, I, I think the money is coming. Worst-case scenario is what? We franchise him? But, yeah, I, mm. I, I, I say he gets his money, so I'm, I'm not worried about it. And if he misses time, oh, well. Uh, I, I don't think he'll forget how to move people. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> so he'll be yeah, fine. I mean, I'm good. I mean, you know, look, I, I get it, but my, my thing is I, and I'm not panicking. I want to see it done sooner than later, but I will tell you, if this plays out quite a bit, we've seen guys come back. Uh, I think it happened to Revis, right? He was missing – he missed quite a bit of time before we were able to sign him or get him, you know, brought back, give him the type of cash he wanted, and then he had like a hamstring injury. I think it was I think it was Revis, but we've seen it as well with other guys too that sign kind of late, you know, aren't out there the whole time, and then boom, they end up with hamstring injuries or certain things. I don't want to – don't want it to play out that long. But again, like you said as yeah, well, yeah. But, but we got his brother done. on the roster, though, go ahead, right? Go ahead. But we got go, his go brother ahead. on the roster, though, right? Oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so I feel like there's a little bit more pressure on him because not only does he have to perform mm. and keep a good standing in the building, but whether you know if things go sour with you, 
your brother's career gets a little dicey as well. Like, I, I think there's a there's an added benefit to that. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Giannis and his many brothers in the NBA. Uh, like, there's a little bit of pressure there, like, that has to get done. And then, you know, when your brother's on the team, that also can stop uh, this uh, serious weight gain or surprise of somebody being not in shape or conditioning or anything like that. Because he does uh-huh. look his brother in the, you know, look his brother in the eye. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, listen, it was phenomenal to speak with you tonight, my friend. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you. It's always great uh, to, to hear your perspective on this football team and to go back and forth with you. You have yourself a good one, all right? You do the same, brother. Thanks for letting me on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a good one. We're going to keep getting to these lines again. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We're taking all callers. Again, when you call in, please be patient. We'll get to everybody. Uh, quite a bit to talk about. Next, we're going to go to 917. 917, we're coming directly to you. Ted, hold on a second. Other callers, we'll get to you folks in a second. 917, we're coming to you. You're looking like a new caller. Give me your name, where you're from. What are your thoughts about what we've heard from Makai Becton uh, saying that the Jets uh, shouldn't have put him in right tackle and that it made no sense? How are you feeling about it? Mr. Joe, you know me. I know you. Hey. We used to talk going back and forth this day from Howard Beach. With this, you know, I got the new show going on, and I came by you and I'm like, I got to talk to my friend. <laughs> Let's go. Well, Lucy, Dad, good to hear you. that talk tonight man how are you feeling about the situation with Beckton uh talking about the the move to right tackle knee injury last season what are your thoughts on the whole situation man so we're starting six feet not at first gear right now absolutely (laughs) let's go for it mr Beckton are you kidding me are you Mm. kidding me two months before training camp this is what you throw out there knowing what kind of gm you have a GM that does not take any bleep from anyone. Jamal Adams, he started chirping. In due time, traded him to Seattle for two first-rounders. Last year, coming off the heels of the Green Bay Packer victory at Lambeau Field, Mr. Elijah Moore says, I want to trade. Really? You know about this GM. He, I'm telling you right now, Joe, he is not making the team. He's not making the team. And I'm going to tell you why. You think he's not going to make the Okay, go ahead. ahead. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. That's my hot take. I'm going to tell you why. Come draft draft night, we already wanted Broderick Jones. We wanted him. And the Steelers knew it. Everyone knew it. Now, here we go. We, We start getting players, even last year, like with Max Mitchell and whatnot, uh, we got the guy Turner from uh, it was an ex, uh, you know, Billy Turner for yeah, Aaron Rodgers, Billy Turner, Turner Packers, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. We got Carter Warren, uh, and then yesterday we brought in Kajus, another tackle from the Patriots mm-hmm. for a walk to see. Mm-hmm. You see, I think once training camp starts, there's no more entitlement. Beckton is going to be third, third. He has to earn wow. it. Wow. We got to start reading the tea leaves here. Salah said mm. it. 
but it will not, not today. Today he said something very special that I'm going to get into. Two weeks ago, mm-hmm. or, yeah, two weeks ago, Salah said, as soon as he, Beckton was brought up, he's got he's to earn it. He's got to earn it. He's got to earn it. And it's one of those where he's going to place the best five out there, and not for nothing. For a guy that played 15 games in three seasons, and you start wanna chirping and spattering your mouth like that for against management and whatnot, mm-hmm. let, let me tell you something. It is not humanly possible to lose all that weight last year from the end of off-season activities to training camp. He put himself in that predicament. The uh, again, Joe Douglas is an offensive line guru. He, that's his forte. And it's mm-hmm. always to that point where, as a GM, they prize their draft picks. And maybe Beckton was on to something, but you don't say it now. You prove the doubters wrong. And stop okay. taking the selfie pics, will you? Please, Beckton, enough. We'll train What's in the shadows the like Elijah Barrett Tucker does. Elijah Vera what, what Tucker is, does things in the shadows. Don't yeah, do what, it in wrong public. What's wrong because with the selfie? Because it's not Listen, one. I, 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 I get it, Dan. I'm sorry. You, you don't like the selfie. Me personally, right? And, again, I want to thank you for calling in. It's phenomenal to speak with you. Me personally, I don't mind the selfie pic, especially when the fact that he's a guy that's showing up, showing out. We've seen him, you know, post pictures from the facility as well. He looks like he's – I mean, he, he looks like he's in phenomenal shape. He was working himself. And it also motivated other people as well, motivated other Jets fans that followed him to get in the gym too. So I don't mind the selfie pics. I think it looks good. Here's the deal. I, I, I understand your perspective talking about, you know, hey, don't come out and say things like this, especially we're working, all the positivity you have going to the season. But I, I think, hey, he was just sharing his side of the story. But I disagree that he's going to be third. I think if Makai Beckton is fully healthy, and he looks like he's fully healthy, in shape, everything, I believe that Makai Beckton is the best tackle on his team. I think he's better than Brown. I think he's better than Mitchell. I think he's better than Billy Turner. I think he's better than all of those guys. And, and when we were talking about taking Broderick Jones, it was to take a guy that could be on the other side of Makai Beckton. I, I ran shows all throughout the draft, all through, all through this year, all that stuff. And everybody was talking about how Makai Beckton's going to come back and he's going to be the guy we put on left side and we need to figure out who's going to be on the right side. That, that was the discussions that I was having with people left and right. But I believe a healthy Makai Beckton is the best tackle that we have, and I think he's one of the best tackles in this league because the last time we saw him fully healthy, that's what we saw. Give me your thoughts on that, Dan. I, can't, I couldn't disagree more because it's 15 games mm. worth we cannot say I can't agree with him being the best tackle on the team based off of 15 games and not being healthy. Now, that's one of the other caveats that we have to place into perspective as well. We finally have our jewel at quarterback. I do not mm-hmm. feel comfortable having Becton, someone there who's a liability, who is not showcased, something that he can stay healthy every year. Yes, it was certain freak accidents, but he did not maintain his body correctly even after that Carolina Panther injury. He didn't do what was necessary. The, the coaches, they said it last year before training camp. You know, he, as long as he comes, comes into shape, he didn't care. Now, if he takes the bull by the horns, which it seems like he has, but now the proof, yeah. 
that's going to be in the pudding is when he's on the field. Enough of it. That's why I put the whole selfie uh, pictures and all these outspoken uh, remarks that, all right, you know what? You did it. You did it, Makai. Now, zip up, put your hard hat on. There's two months mm-hmm. to go and showcase not only to the fans, not only to the NFL, but showcase to Joe Douglas why he selected you that high, that high. Showcase it and work yourself up. And it goes the same for Zach Wilson, too. Even though he's, mm-hmm. he's a – we're not going to be talking about Zach Wilson, of course, but you can tell that he's taking a completely different approach. He is, you know what, I'm going to try to absorb everything that I can – from Aaron Rodgers. If it works out, fine. If not, he's doing every movement on that chessboard in order to checkmate his move two years from now or maybe a year and a half from now. We don't know how long Aaron Rodgers is going to be a New York Jet, but we're all in this season. Kai has to bring his best or he's not going to be on the team. I don't think he's on a thin wire. Okay. Look, I hear you. I don't think he – I don't know about him not making the team. I'll disagree with that, but I, I, I do, uh, you know, I understand your perspective. But some of the things that you, other things that you covered as well, you talked about Zach Wilson, right? We're seeing him being mm-hmm. talked about quite a bit, uh, positive moves that he's making, a lot of great things that we've seen him do already in OTAs, and again, it's early in OTAs. But everybody's talking about the influence and the impact of Aaron Rodgers, not only on him, but on the team as a whole. C.J. Uzama's talking about how he's breaking things down in the film room, the leadership that he's showing, the attention to detail. He stops things and breaks it down if he sees things aren't right. Give me your thoughts, man, about Aaron Rodgers being here and the leadership that we're already seeing out of him dealing with this football team. How long has it been, my friend? How long has it been? I mean, the last time I can say that leadership, right, that that leadership at that position, I would have to say two quarterbacks that I can remember. And I'm talking about Vinny, and I'm talking about Chad Pennington. When they walked in there, and it wasn't a freak show, it was business. We're going there, we're going to have fun, but we got to hit him right where it hurts. Now, some can say, oh, you know, what about the fit? Uh, Fitzpatrick days. Yeah, I enjoy the Fitzpatrick days, but we all kind of saw that it was kind of pseudo. It was fool's gold there at quarterback, and we all fell in for it, and it it was a house of cards. Now, with Aaron Rodgers stepping into that huddle, stepping into one Jets drive, you have that presence. You have that charisma. You have your general. You have your next Joe Namath. You have Mm -hmm. that. Finally. Now, the pieces are getting all puzzled together. And what he brings to the table, look at what Garrett Wilson did with four scrubs at the position. Four scrubs. Yeah. He, rookie of the year, imagine what he will do with Aaron Rodgers. Imagine what all these other amazing targets and Uzama and Conklin, Lazard, who already has a rapport with him. And on and on. Corey Davis, maybe? Does he still make the team? I say yes. Aaron Rodgers likes veteran wide receivers or very high IQ wide receivers as Garrett Wilson and the wide receiver that he had in Watson in Green Bay. He doesn't want to groom or grow with a, a wide receiver that's just learning the ins and outs. No, you put him in there, that's what he has. The Jets are giving him that firepower that he has been clamoring for for the past five years in Green Bay. He's got it. 
And we're building that wall. I, sorry to go back to the offensive line, but we're building that yeah. wall. He needs to be protected, and it has to be the Tom Brady Buccaneers 2.0, where no one gets yeah. behind that, that offensive line. And he's going to give us, Joe, he's going to give it to us, the second Vince Lombardi where we have all been waiting mm. for. Let's go Jets, baby. Let's go. Let's yeah. get it. Can't wait for my number eight to come in the mail soon. <laughs> Listen, Dan, you're fired up. My final question before I let you go, man, you've been spitting some takes. Quinn and Williams, that contract oh. extension situation, right, oh. is still playing out. He's not at OTA. Oh. He told us he would skip the voluntary stuff if we didn't, you know, get it sorted out. Oh. And so far he's stuck to oh. that. Give me your thoughts about this situation, and are you worried about this possibly playing out into uh, the mandatory stuff and him possibly skipping mandatory stuff? Give me your thoughts on um, that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get some hate here, but here goes. What's the rush with signing this guy? We have him under contract. He had one breakout year. We had an oh. outstanding defensive player of the year in Ahmad Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed. You had finally your pass rushers, and he had one solid year. Now we're all going with potential. We got bit in the butt already with JFM. We got bit in the butt many years before with um, Muhammad Wilkerson. We also, with that went, we're always basing everything on it's potential. It's not the same. I love the you know, it's it it is the, it's same, not the same in the Go fact ahead. that hold on with it. No, no, it it is the same yeah. that is based on potential. It's based on potential where okay, he's gotten getting better year in, year out, but last year was the breakout. He's still under contract. Joe Douglas sees that there's still some money left over. He's still trying to fill a lot of the other voids. There's no rush. This is why I love Joe Douglas as a GM. He doesn't think like the normal, casual Jet fan of the knee-jerk reaction. We gotta sign him. We got. If we don't sign him, oh my God, what kind of precedence does that set for the other young, the, the other young uh, uh, kids? It's not gonna set any precedence because once that time is up for Garrett Wilson or Brees Hall, whoever the case may be, and Joe deems it that they earn that that amount, fine, let's do it. Do I feel Quentin Williams earned it right now to pay him in May? No. Absolutely not. Because it's May. It's May. It's May. It's not training camp yet. It doesn't. But, Dan, this is the thing. Look, we have all these things, all this positivity, everything we got going, right? This guy, that guy, Quentin Williams, you could argue he's the best. He was the best defensive lineman that we had this year. You could argue that he he possibly is the best defensive player. With all due respect to Sauce and everything that he did, there's arguments that he's the best defensive player the New York Jets had. You're talking about this year. This year, when you look at the impact that he had, bro, when we when we were without him, when he didn't play against the Lions, you saw there was a lack of explosion. There was a lack of disruption up front. There was a lack of everything. And you saw the Lions, right. uh, I think uh, uh, Goff, literally just had a field day. He was sitting back there all day for like 30, 40 minutes, just, just dicing us up, just easy dots, throwing the ball wherever he wanted to go, wherever he wanted to go because there was no pressure, right? Now, now saying that this is one year, it's not. Quentin Williams has been solid for us for quite some time. The problem was he was eating double and triple teams. That was one of the reasons why bringing in Carl Lawson and getting other guys in here, other pass rushers, to help in efforts was so big. 
I remember it. I, that was the first thing I talked about when we when we got Carl Lawson signed was you can no longer double or triple team Quentin Williams. Now you're going to have to pick your poison. And I think that we saw with the with the defense that had more talent on, you saw the impact of Quentin Williams. He led the New York Jets in sacks this season, 12 of them things. You know, so I think that trying to compare him to Muhammad Wilkerson because they're along the defensive line is a bad take because – He's done everything the right way. Wilkerson didn't. You know, Dan. We we, we talked about it. Muhammad oh, Wilkerson, Wilkerson was skipping practices. He literally was not showing up to practices. Like, and we all knew that. He wasn't showing up to practices. He There was things going on, right, where he wasn't there. That's not what's happening with Quentin Williams. Quentin Williams is a stand-up guy. He's a leader within the locker room. And not only that, right, you're seeing it pay dividends on the field. He's a guy that's showing up and showing out. Give me your final thoughts on that, man. <laughs> Wilkerson, before giving them that money, he was showing up. He was there. He was always there. But when he had that 2015 breakout season at 12 sacks as well, then nonsense started happening. But without – I digress. With Quinton Williams, I believe that a contract will be given to him in due time. I think they're probably just cranking out the years. Because if you look at it from Quinton's standpoint – that he wants to get paid a second time. Like, I think Joe wants to do, like, a, maybe a six-year deal, where if you look at it from the perspective of how much we're going to be giving Aaron Rodgers and how much that we have to start paying, again, uh, Garrett Wilson, then um, Sauce Gardner, Reese Hall, all these other kids, if you do it in a short window, you don't have that much money to spread that, that cash and those funds. So I think the holdup is that. He wants to do a six-year deal. Quinnen probably wants a four-year deal. And that, to me, mm-hmm. I really hope that Joe Douglas continues hard and maintains it to a six-year deal, not four years. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's I mean, we'll, we'll see how things shake out. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how things shake out. And, again, you know, another domino, and I've talked about this in the past, the fall that could really help aid in Quinnen Williams getting re-signed uh, or getting that extension worked out a bit quicker is Aaron Rodgers. There's been talks that he's yep. going to restructure his deal and he may give money back and he's going to help the New York Jets get major cap relief to continue to build around him. So that's something. We already saw Carl Lawson restructure his deal. I think they saved $12.7 yep. million already. We'll see what happens with Aaron Rodgers. But listen, Dan, i got to slide off. i got other callers. It was phenomenal to speak to you. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you, man. It's always good talking football with you. I love it, man. I always love talking football with you. You have – the high football acumen that I always love throwing Thank you. stuff back and forth to. Keep it up, man. Amazing show as always. God bless, man. Keep it real always. Thank you so much. Thank you. You have yourself a good one, my friend. <laughs> Salutes, Dan calling in. It's always good to speak to him. You know, I love going back and forth with people, talking about this football team, man. A lot of different things moving and shaking, a lot of things happening. All right. We're going to keep getting to these lines. Again, 515 is the number. Call in. We're taking all callers. Salute to all the savages in the chat. All right, we're going to go to my guy, Ted. I got to go to Ted. He's always got some great takes, man. Ted, salutes. I want to thank you for calling in, but before we let you get on, man, we got to let these people know, Ted, he's a savage. <laughs> Ted is a damn savage. Salute to you, Ted. Listen, I've gone back and forth, man, talking about Quentin Williams. 
There are some Jets fans that feel like he's the second coming of Muhammad Wilkerson if we give him the money. What are your thoughts about this, man? Are you are you in that same mindset? How do I follow up that last call, Joe? It's impossible to follow up on that one. That kind of uh, information and energy. So I'll 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 do my best. Uh, <laughs> Joe, he's a he's a homegrown talent. I I don't know if he's got the personality. I mean, I'm not I'm a fan, but I I don't know if he's got the. He seems to be a Family Guy. He seems to have matured mm-hmm. since this gun incident. He's done all the right things. I know he's only proven it for one year, but the guy deserves the contract extension as far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned. Make the guy happy. Mm-hmm. He's the core piece of our defense right now. Um, I don't know, Joe. You never know who people are when they get money, but he doesn't strike me as a type of person who would who would just go uh, off the deep end when he got his contract. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. Listen, and I hear – I'll go back and forth, and I even, even speaking with Dan on last call, people are constantly saying one-year production, and I don't – that's not true at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing we've mm-hmm. talked about with my uh, – the thing we've talked about with Quentin Williams, right, has been, always been that he's a good defensive lineman, that he was our best mm-hmm. defensive lineman, but that you could triple and double-team him, and then everybody else would just kind of stand around. <laughs> that's what we talked about. It's right. Like, I, should say elite, I should have said elite, Joe. Mm-hmm. I should have said yeah, elite. Yeah. Oh, okay. elite. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, even even Carl Lawson, when we got him, we were excited because it was like, oh, you can't double-team Quinn anymore. And then remember, Carl Lawson tears his ACL uh, in the offseason. Mm-hmm. We were like, okay, well, hopefully John Franklin Myers can step up. And John did have some games where he was impactful, but for the most of the season he was, it, 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 he was you know, gone. He was, he was just kind right. of disappeared within the scrum. And then we saw yep. that Quentin Williams, you know, was a guy that he looked good, but he just couldn't get there because there were three guys again in his face. <laughs> again, they could triple-team him again. So I think with the added talent, right, with Carl Lawson back on the field this season, you saw what he can do, right? Now he has 12 sacks. But, I mean, if you look at it, six sacks uh, last year, seven the year before, it wasn't like he was a bum. And he's not like a sack demon. He's not a pass rusher. That's, that's never what he was going to be here. But even, oh. you know, when, when – when Carl Lawson was hurt, you saw him getting into the backfield, getting those tackles for losses. You saw guys not being able to run, you know, in the gap that he was in because he was so dominant there. So, uh, you know, people talk about production with him and they want to talk sacks, but he's not a pass rusher. That's not what he. That's never what he was going to be, even when we drafted him. But we saw that production this season because he can get there. He can do that, but that's not his like forte. But when you look at the right. taxes, the losses, the disruption, the fact that he can stonewall these offenses trying to run at him, that's what you saw with Quentin Williams, even when guys like Carl Lawson wasn't here. But I think with the mm. added defensive talent and more surrounding him, I mean, Huff, Huff as well, the emergence of Bryce Huff, I think helped Quentin Williams too continue on. And, and when you look at all of that stuff, you got to pay that guy. Like, you got to pay mm-hmm. a guy that's a, that's a Pro Bowl or All-Pro guy. you got to pay him. Because he's showing up, and if you don't pay him, and I understand a lot of Jets fans thinking, oh, well, we ain't got to do it, then what that does is that reverberates to your locker room. That tells exactly. guys like Garrett Wilson and Sauce Garner, and not even just guys on defense. What about ATV, right? <laughs> what about these other guys that we have that are here that are like, okay, well, this guy showed up and was you know, one of the top guys in the league, and you didn't pay him. Bro, you ain't going to pay me either. And especially when we're talking about changing culture for years, we talk about changing culture. We now have the culture change, and even Quentin Williams brought up how the New York Jets 
have a long-standing history of not being able to rate, uh, retain their first-rounders, not having guys that they, they deem, right, that were good enough to be selected and come in and immediately help to change their franchise, not being able to retain those guys and not making sure that they keep guys that they draft. That's huge. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. huge. And if you get him re-signed and you can get him you know, back into the building, taken care of and good mm-hmm. to go, you break that curse. You break that situation. You break that that you know that that narrative that's being painted about the Jets of being cheapskates and not understanding how to manage their team. Give me your thoughts on that, man. Hey, Joe. Two things. Two things. Uh, that yeah. that's the direct reflection on our ineffective uh, our ability to not yep. draft well. Okay, that's yep. the first thing. We have been drafting poorly before Joe Douglas got here. We weren't very good drafting team except for mm-hmm. Quinnen. Um, secondly, yeah. you're right about Quinnen. Um, this year he had, he played at an elite level. He was he was hurt. I think he hurt. He was hurt the first year. Uh, he played yeah. through an injury, ankle, I believe. He had an ankle injury. Yep. He played through that. Um, another thing, Joe, is um, this defense should not be on the field that much this year. Mm-hmm. Way less than last year. With this mm-hmm. off kind of offense, or in like you know two minute drives, which is possible too. But I don't. I think we, we may be a little more ball ball control against uh, certain teams. Keep their offenses off the field, such as Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I would think we're going to try to limit possessions. So I think uh, you know Quinn will be a little fresher. And they they played a lot of they logged a lot of minutes with Zach Wilson at the. Uh, at the quarterback. Yeah. So I could see them yeah. being a completely different defense. And then you add an edge mm-hmm. rusher. And, Joe, another thing real quick. They added that really uh, large nose tackle type of run stuffer from Seattle. That's going to mm-hmm. be a big – I mean, or, uh, yeah, I want to say – yeah, mm-hmm. yes. I don't want to say – is my connection okay, Joe? Sorry. I'm getting a little thunderstorm no, here. Yeah. You're good. Um, You're good. Go ahead. A lot of these little signings may not look like a lot on the surface, but to get a run stuffer like that, which we lacked, to you know control the middle of the field against some of these uh, uh, rushers, um, not only running backs but like a Josh Allen, uh, you got yeah. you got to keep him kind of in the pocket maybe and uh, deal with that kind of guy. You know, I, I'm not expecting a nose tackle to to contain him, but he can occupy space. Mm-hmm. So that I mean yeah. that's that's something we lacked. That's something we lack. So we're putting together the pieces, Joe. And Quinn is a, Quinn is a, a key cog in the in, in the defense. We knew, like I said, we should have got it done. We're, we're not going to hang him out to dry. He's too much of a mm-hmm. talent. We're not going to trade him for three first rounders. We're, we're setting ourselves <laughs> back. We're setting ourselves back, Joe. Sign the guy. Yeah. Get him in the yeah. camp. Get him happy. You know, get him a you know a baby bassinet for his baby, whatever color <laughs> his. I don't know whether he's a boy or a girl, whatever you got to get. Yeah, and just get him in the building. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. No, I mean you, you're yeah. speaking facts there. You know, I'm telling you, I don't. Under, I, I get why some Jets fans are. I, I I hear it. I'm not gonna say I get it, but I hear you know. Well, just trade him. Just trade this guy. Get some more draft. It's like listen. The point of the draft is to acquire talent that you want to be able to stick around in your football team to continue to impact, you know, your franchise for years to come. If you're just constantly, you know, getting rid of guys that are showing you the goods, 
right, that, that can make an uh, impact on your football team, then what are you doing? You know, that's why we've been bad for so long. We haven't been able to keep that type of talent on our football team for years to come. I mean, Quinn Williams talked about it. There's various guys, various first-rounders we've let slide away that have gone other places and been able to have impact. So I want to see Quinn Williams, uh, you know, be able to to, to play here uh, for years to come and do his thing. And we'll see how things shake out. But I'll tell you what, another first-round guy that has uh, come out and spoke his mind (laughs) – my guy, my friend and yours, Makai Becton, okay? Mm. Recently came mm. out and talked about the knee injury, right, last season, last offseason. That costed him the year. Also talked about the switch to right tackle, saying it made no sense for the Jets to move him to right tackle. What are your thoughts about this, man? How are you feeling about Makai Becton coming out in, a, uh, in an interview and saying these things? I said it last, last week, Joe. He should just be quiet. And now it's, I don't know, Joe. I called him a whiner in the chat. It's just enough is enough, dude. Get on the field, get on the field, make plays, and you can earn your money. Now it's time to work. You want to keep just chirping away. Some people aren't going to like it too much. I don't know, Joe. I'm old school. Just go out and play and, 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 and back it up. And I get what he's saying, but maybe that should have been internal. If he's going to complain about getting hurt because he's a left tackle playing right, then again, I think left Mm -hmm. tackles make a lot more money. So maybe he's kind of making a stand for himself. Mm -hmm. Oh, they do. Oh, man, man, left tackles. That's why I used to to tell people all the time that would be like, well, Joe, we ain't got to draft the left tackle. We could just pay one in free agency, brother. <laughs> Sister, mm. <laughs> fellow yeah. Jet fan, are you out of? They don't grow on trees. <laughs> you know how much they get paid. Like people don't be thinking those guys get paid a lot of money. He, you know, yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens going forward. But uh, you know, he had quite a bit to say. I was a little surprised that the Jets, you know, what he said about the the coaching staff not caring about the knee injury when he was telling them, "Hey, my knee is jacked up over here playing right tackle. Y'all gotta, mm. we gotta figure this out." I would think that they would have gave him some time you know, to kind of get it together or at least went and had the knee looked out because then, as we saw subsequently, uh, the knee ended up getting jacked up, fracturing his kneecap, it buckled, and uh, he ended up missing the rest of the, you know, that season Joe. as well. So the stuff, man. Yeah. You, you, really think, you really think he wasn't medically cleared to play? I mean, I, I, he's got uh, to be. Every week they got to be checked, especially a guy with an injury history. If he's going to say my uh, knee hurts, I mean – I'm going to imagine they're going to come with an orthopedic and, you know, turn his knee around a little or do a, do a scan mm-hmm. or something. I would think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be like, hey, Makai, get in there and be quiet. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's what he said. So, uh, I, know, but again, I, I can look I at it from you. the other side. Maybe they just thought, hey, he's complaining because he's not at left tackle, you know, but it is what it is. Yeah. Right. The past is yes, the past. Sir. And, uh, He's looking like he's in phenomenal shape. He's in a better middle space, is. and he's ready to go. But I tell he you is. what, we're hearing a lot of great things about Zach Wilson as well, right? Great OTA stuff. He's making throws. He's going out there. He's looking good. And they're attributing a lot of the, the growth and maturity and a lot of things we're seeing out there in OTAs, the energy, to us being able to acquire Aaron Rodgers, right? We acquired him. Things are looking good. Of course, he did tweak his calf today, but everything's looking all right. He took a day to kind of sit mm-hmm. sit down from that, but he still was out there on the field. But we're hearing about the impact that he's having, right? Guys on the field, he'll stop things, break it down if it's not 
you know, ran the way it should be ran. And in the film room, we're hearing about him, you know, breaking things down in the film room as well and talking to guys. Give me your thoughts on the impact that Aaron Rodgers is having on this team so far from a leadership perspective. And also give me your thoughts on, uh, you know, the impact that he's having on Zach Wilson and uh, your thoughts about Mm. Zach Wilson. Mm. Joe, that's that's what you get when you get a guy. You go from a learn-on-the-job guy like uh, Zach Wilson to a Hall of Famer older quarterback like Rodgers, who's basically a coach on the team, knows everything about the offense. I watched the C.J. Uzama um, press conference, and he's, uh, Uzama just said that Rodgers told him, you don't have to do, like, the route exactly. You go to a spot, and, you know, you can be in this area, and I'll find you if you're open. You don't have to yeah. do an exact, you know, whatever the route is. So I think Rodgers is energized. You could tell he loves it. He's He's got a new energy. Um, it's He's been in Green Bay his whole career, obviously, and it, that got dull for him. Whether you, you know, I, I could see it. It's he's getting a fresh start. I think the the jump from Nathaniel Hackett, uh, Lafleur to Hackett, is going to help Wilson uh, immensely, mm. immensely. Yeah. Because, I mean, that may be Joe. We may look at this in three years, and that may be the greatest thing that came out of this, if we're lucky enough. Yeah. That Wilson yeah. developed because, like you said, Wilson has the ability. He just he had a he was put in a bad spot. Like I said, Joe. Like I said before, Joe. He basically shouldn't have been anointed a starter. And Joe Douglas actually mm. said it, whatever last week. He said we made a, we kind of made a mistake here. We pushed him out there with a <laughs> the rookie offensive coordinator. You want to talk about a debacle? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> tough to watch that whole season. Oh, what a what a tough year to watch that. Um, you know, Joe, just a lot of promise, Joe. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, ahead. I mean, it's 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 tough. Look, I understand that Lafleur was a rookie offensive coordinator, and yeah, there was some spots. But I'll tell you what, even year two, when Mike White would come in, we would see a, just a completely different offense, and they were sure. running the same stuff, but it looked yeah. completely different. So I understand everybody wants to shell Lafleur because he ain't here, right? It's easy to kick sure. a guy that's gone. But I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, Mike White, everybody else looked great in the offense. Even Flacco looked better than Zach, so did Josh uh, Johnson, Mike White. All those guys looked better. And it was just Zach. But maybe, like you said as well, now I've talked about this, maybe LaFleur just didn't have that kind of hand for a a young quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. A guy that mm-hmm. you need to coach up. But maybe maybe it just wasn't a fit for that. But you brought up a great right. point. Nathaniel Hackett being a guy that's worked with very poor quarterbacks. He, he turned Blake Bortles into a guy that was more than competent. And Blake Bortles was terrible, oh, yeah. right? His whole yeah. career, terrible. Yeah. But Blake Bortles yeah. had one heck of a year under Nathaniel Hackett in the way he was able to utilize him. So maybe, again, with Hackett being here, and again, Aaron Rodgers, the guy that literally helped Hackett build the system that he runs now, uh, being here as mm-hmm. well, we'll see Zach Wilson definitely take a step forward. So, my final yep. question before I let you go, man, because this has been, you know, quite a great discussion with you. Quan Alexander, do you believe oh. the New York Jets will be able to get that guy resigned? Quickly, give me your thoughts. Well, the Steelers haven't signed him yet, have they? So, uh, nope. Nope. I don't know, Joe. I, I don't see why not. I don't, depending on the years and the salary, I don't see why we couldn't. We need to add a few more pieces um he was a good player last year solid player mm-hmm. i say maybe he 
you know, that's his choice to go to Pittsburgh. You know, Pittsburgh's not a bad team, and Kenny Pickett doesn't look like a bad quarterback, actually. Somehow <laughs> somehow they made that one work. Even though that guy got hurt constantly, he still – his guy's a gamer. Um, Kenny uh, – is that Kenny Pickett? Is that the right quarterback? The quarterback from the Steelers. Is that I think the right he, guy? Yeah, that, yeah, that's fine. I think he is. I think he's the guy now. <laughs> I'm losing it. Uh, anyway, uh, we should get him, Joe. He, maybe one, two years. Yeah. Go with him. He's got the experience in the defense. But sign Quinn and Joe. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I know you got all the callers. Yeah. Listen, Ted, I want to thank you for calling in. I got to slide off. We're going to shut down. Right, so you have yourself a good one. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you, man. I will be there, Joe. Have a good evening. See you. Absolutely. You have a good one. Listen, Ted coming in with some great takes. I respect it. <laughs> so we're talking that talk. I got to shut down the show. All right. Blog Talk's going to start hating on me a little bit and shut down my lines. Listen, I am the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. You want to go back and forth? All right? I'm all about it. Give me your takes about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. A lot of takes going on here. A lot of things moving and sliding around. Got a lot of things going on. But hold on, before I go, let me let me see this last caller here. Quickly, a couple seconds. We're gonna go to the final caller before I close out this show. Salute. I want to thank you for calling in. Quickly, give me your thoughts on Makai Becton saying that it was uh the New York Jets should not have moved the right tackle. Give me your thoughts. I feel like he should have never um I feel like he should have listened to the um I feel like he should have, you know, been on the left side of the tackle if he felt comfortable. And I feel like, you know, mm. if he should have, they should have listened to his injuries as well, too, because, you know, mm. I mean, his body, he knows his body is best and stuff. Yeah. So I, I definitely feel like they should have definitely looked into that as well, you know. But, you know, the, yeah. the, I think the coaching failed him in a way a little mm. bit. So I, I understand mm. his side of saying it, you know. But I'm not mad at Makai. Okay. Okay. Okay, listen. I got to slide off. That's Val. I got to slide off because they're about to shut me down. Next time I have a show, you call okay. earlier, man. I want to hear from you. All right, Val? All right. Okay, yeah, I got Listen. Oh, sorry. We have, to, we have to shut off Val. Val, salute. Again, thank you for calling in. I'm going to continue to shut down the show here. I had to get that take in there. Listen, all right? Again, I'm on YouTube as well. Or, excuse me. I'm on Twitter, at the Long Beach Joe, at the Long Beach Joe. Go ahead and follow. I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me? No issues. I'm the turtle is under the bridge, and I will have my Vera Tucker jersey on at all times. At all times. That boy's a beast. I can't wait for him to come back. I'm also on YouTube as well, okay? Long Beach Joe Jets. Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell so when I post content, you folks will be in the know. Give the video a thumbs up. Also, if you want to troll me, hit in the comments. I'll troll you. We can go back and forth. And as always, people, when you see me in person, it's arms out, chest open, free hugs for everyone. Free hugs for everyone. I want to thank everyone for calling in. All right, I want to thank everyone for being a part of the program. Thank you for getting in the chat, all the savages. Again, I want to thank Robert from the Orange County Jets fans for calling in tonight, talking to us about his fan club, and just spreading his love for the Jets as well. Everybody get involved with them any way that you can. Facebook, Orange County Jets fan, you know, find that page and, and go check out those folks. I'm going to definitely try to catch a game with them. I want to thank everybody for listening. Without you folks, I'm actually missing. Thank you for taking the damn out of your day to uh, sit and talk with your boy. You folks have a good one. Peace.